today's main passage. It comes from Philippians 2, verses 1 through 11. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was born in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the same at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth, and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Thank you, Cindy. If you have your Bibles, we're going to go Philippians chapter 2, and we're going to kind of live there uh, today. Now, as we get there, as you make your way, let me kind of bring you up to speed on, on where we've been these past uh, few weeks. One of one of my main prayers, uh, really, as I've been praying over us these, uh, really since December, um, is that in this year of 2022, uh, that, that we would be a body of believers committed to growing in our relationship with God. And you're like, man, that sounds like a super deep prayer, Brandon, um, that we would actually grow in our relationship with God. But that's, it's vital. And, and so that, that we would be a people who press deeper with Him. And then because of that, we would grow fruit uh, from our lives that is helpful uh, to those around us, both, both those who are inside the church and then also those who are far from God who uh, desperately need to find life in Christ. And, and I think uh, that, that praying around this time of year is beneficial uh, because uh, I, I find us to be a people more open to change. Uh, and and so so we are more willing in the month of January, really any other time of the year, to to adjust our schedules, to to change our our priorities, to to set new habits, or or at least attempt to do those things, right? Uh, and to put uh, new practices into action. And and it's for this reason that that I want to take these weeks and I want us to walk through four areas that are vital. For our, our spiritual growth. And, and now, uh, so, so basically, if, if you were looking for a fresh start, uh, if you're looking for a fresh start at the beginning of a year, this is a great place to go, to go looking. And, and so, so we're committed, though, to calling these areas practices and not topics. Okay? Uh, and, and because, because there's an active relationship that we grow in as as we engage with each one of them. And so so two weeks ago we started by talking about uh talking about the practice of of reading our Bible and then applying what we are reading because what it does is it helps us grow as God speaks and feeds our soul. Uh in fact we, we spent time in Psalm one and we talked about how a person who delights in the law of the Lord, a person who delights in the word of God, is like a tree that is planted by a river that is always being fed. 
that its, its leaves never, never wither. Uh, and so it's always able to produce fruit. And then uh, last week, we, we focused our attention toward committing to being people of prayer. I know, again, what a novel idea that the people of God would be a people of prayer. Uh, but we, we took some time in Jeremiah chapter 33, and we just we pulled one verse out of it. And we solved this invitation from our Heavenly Father to call out to Him, right? It says, it says call to me. Uh, so we get this invitation, not a suggestion, an invitation from God, call to me and I will answer you. So He promises to answer and I will tell you great and mighty things that you do not know. And, and I love that and I pray that that's been kind of covering you uh, this past week as you have actively engaged in prayer, and, and we, we went through this acronym of ACTS toward the end, and we said, you know, that, that, that all of prayer really begins with adoration. Uh, that, that we say, God, you are, right? Uh, and it gives us this proper view of Him, and then that leads us into confession, that when we see who He is, we understand better who we are, and so we confess who we are, and then that brings us to thanksgiving as we consider that who He is and who we are and that He still loves us. That brings us thanksgiving in our lives, that gives us a proper view of that relationship, and then we ended with, supplication. Uh, and again, a lot of us want to start there and not end there. Uh, that, that we go supplication because when we think about how good He is and we think about how much He cares for us, it helps us have a proper view of what our needs are. Uh, and that I think as we go through that process, it kind of refines our prayers. And, and now, the third practice I want to talk about today uh, is, is regarding putting uh, service into action uh, for the glory of God and then for the benefit of others. And, and now we're going to follow kind of the same model we have these past few weeks. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend a good amount of time talking about why this is important. Uh, and then I'm going to give you a very practical place to start. All right. Uh, and so, so, so there are a lot of places when we talk about service uh, that, that I realize our, our minds could drift towards, right? Uh, we could think in, in our society of just increasing consumerism, uh, we, can, we can think of service as really a quality of, of interaction when we are uh, receiving goods. Uh, and so, so our minds can drift towards uh, maybe a, a great waiter or a horrible waiter that you had. Uh, and then you want to tell everybody about it or or the kind of uh, the speed in which uh, the, the, the person came out to greet you as you pulled your car in to get an oil change. Uh, or or perhaps it's a, uh, the effort that was put in the last time a business made a mistake, but they're trying to to fix that mistake. And, and so so it can be easy in these moments to think of service um, or to know or feel when service is good or bad. Okay? Now, now I, I, I say all that to say this. That's not the type of service I'm talking about today. Okay? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not trying to talk about, hey guys, when you serve, let's talk about how you smile. Uh, and let's talk about being positive. And I'm, not, I'm not discussing that. The service that I want to impress upon our hearts is, is a lifestyle which is poured out for the glory of God as it spills out onto the lives of other people. Okay? It's a lifestyle. It's, it's a posture before it's an interaction. 
Uh, and so, so if, if we, as believers in Jesus, have been commissioned to go and make disciples, okay? That was the big, great commission that we find at the end of, of uh, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28. Jesus will look at his disciples, and he sets the church on mission. He says, go and make disciples. And so, so if that is our pursuit, as believers in Jesus, then our service towards those who are, are both inside and outside the church community will have a major effect in, in how this is successful or, or not. So service plays a very key role. So, so as I say that, let's also do this. Let, let me give you just some room to breathe. Uh, that, that If you walked in this morning and you saw on the topic uh, that we were talking about service, all right, some of you already knew and you still showed up. Uh, let, let me give you just a little bit of room to breathe uh, because uh, you might have a fear that we're about to block the doors and not let you out as we pass sign-up sheets, right? Uh, have you ever been in a church that did that? No joke, I was at a church when we were growing up. Um, pastor would get up right before we got started like, hey, we need somebody to step up and uh, work the nursery today. And then he'd just wait until someone was like, I'll do it, right? Because nobody wants to spend time with your bratty kids. No, I'm joking. Your kids are great. It's, it's our kids that were the problem. No, um, so, so let me take some breath out of this room, right? So, or let me give some breath into this room. If you were holding it like, oh man, this is going to get uncomfortable because they're going to give me a sign-up sheet and then for the rest of my life I have to do this one thing. We're not doing that here. I don't find guilt to be a proper motivator for much of anything in life. All right, so so I don't want you to feel like this morning is serve merge Sunday, right? Uh, where where we try to fill holes in our merge kids schedules and our setup schedules and our service opportunities, even though there are plenty of those places, right? Many of you guys can step up to the plate and get involved, and you'll find that you'll this place will be better because of it. Now. That's my soapbox for that. We're off of it. Instead, this isn't serve, merge, Sunday. Instead, this is let's respond to God's word by looking how the practice of service helps us grow in our love and affection for God Sunday. Uh, I tried to make t-shirts for it. It's just it didn't really work out. It didn't fit nicely anywhere. Um, And so... So to this end, we're going to spend time in, in Philippians chapter 2, one of, my, one of my favorite parts in all the Bible. Uh, and, and we're going to see why our service is important, and then we're going to see how it's applied uh, through our lives. And so, so let, me, let me give you kind of the main thought that kind of drives us through these verses and, and the type of service that we're talking about. That, that ultimately, if you, if you only heard one thing today, this would be it, that service is God's love in action, right? That's, that's what we're trying to do. It's putting God's love in action. And now we know, as, as we read the Bible, that, that God's love is most put on display in our hearts through Jesus, Right? So, so 1 John will tell us this in chapter 4. It says that, that God demonstrates in this is love, not that we have loved God, but that He loves us, and He sends Jesus, His Son, to be the propitiation of our sins. So, so God demonstrates His love, as Romans would say, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so, so as we look to Jesus in, in Philippians 2, we can see how the relationship, we can see the relationship that service has with God's love being put on display, being put into 
action, all right? So, so we started with, with verse 1. So, if there is any encouragement in Christ, right? If there's any comfort from love, any participation with the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, and, and we start here uh, because it's so important that we would understand this. And I think this is your first blank in your talk notes, that, that, that number one, service is a response of a heart changed by Jesus. Service is a response from a heart that is changed by Jesus. So, so Paul opens this and he comes in saying, listen man, if Jesus has changed your life in any way, if you have the Holy Spirit working and residing in your heart, right, then complete my joy by agreeing with what I'm about to tell you. Alright? So, so, so we can serve people, and this is important, we can serve people as an occupation and that doesn't help them see God's love for them. Some of you are like, well, I'm in the service industry. That, that doesn't necessarily help you show people the love of God. We can, we can serve our kids by driving them around to, to practices and schools and, and even that action can be void of helping them see their need for Jesus. And so, 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 so the type of, of service Paul is going to draw our attention to is, is born by taking our eyes off of our opportunities, our circumstances, our obligations, and then placing our eyes simply on, on Jesus. Just look, look at what this guy did and then just model it. Just following those footsteps, right? So, so, so we're going to get there, but first we get this command, right? Verse 3, he says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Oh, man. You want to talk about a verse that we could, we could put on our foreheads so that we would never forget it, Right? That we put it on the, the inside of our eyelids so when we close, it's, it's, just, it's just finding its way deeper and deeper into our hearts. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, in humility, count others more significant than ourselves. So number two today, that, that service starts in the heart, not the hand. Service starts in the heart, not the hand. You say, well, Brandon, how do you get that? Where, where do you get that from? And I, I would say this, that, that selfish ambition, that conceit, and even humility are actions that live in the heart as they are reflected in our actions. And Jesus will say, are, we are steered from what's coming inside of our hearts. He says, what goes into the mouth goes through the body, out out the, goes through the stomach, out the body, but what comes from out of the mouth comes from the heart. And so, so, so these actions, and I think this distinction is an important one to note because much of the time in service we can be tempted, right? We can be tempted to, to reluctantly drag ourselves into service, uh, into this pouring out, hoping that eventually our hearts will catch up, right? Uh, we can say, well, I feel bad, I should step up. And so, so we, we attempt to serve uh, through a, a fake it until you make it kind of mentality. And, and now, now, the problem with that is, is rarely will that ever end up in growth. And rarely will that ever end up in satisfaction. Right? Name, name the times, just do the percentages of the times that you stepped up to serve when you didn't want to serve. And you get to the end of it saying, gosh, I really feel like I've grown as a person out of that. No. You say, 
done and done. Don't got to do it again. Right? For now on, I can always take you back to, remember that time I did that thing I didn't want to do? It's not service. So, so this is why Paul, he, he kind of forces us to, to, to look deeper than the surface level of our actions. Because I can bake cupcakes, I can hand out bowls of soup to thousands, and my heart be no closer to God's because my motive could be laced with conceit, selfish ambition, and in fact, uh, or just the, the act... The, the appreciation that comes from the praise of man or, or the selfishness that's related to drawing the attention of the action onto myself, which is, which is what Paul says next in verse 4. He says, Let each of you look not only to his own interests, okay, which we're good at. We're really good at looking to our own interests. And I get that. Like, like some of us are masters at that, Right? Um, I am really good at that. I'm just letting you know. And that maybe I make you feel bad so I can feel less bad, right? So, so let each of you not look to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. And so here's, here's our third point. That service should not be transactional. Okay? As we talk about what kind of service are we discussing here that helps us grow with God, it isn't transactional. So, so, so let me... <laughs> Husbands, all right, all right, so scrubbing the toilet and then leaving the cleaning supplies on the floor as if you forgot them, right, in hopes that your wife would notice your efforts is not an avenue for service, it's an invoice. That's what it is. I speak from experience. I was really good at, man, like, why, why does this smell so bad of Lysol? Why are you using Lysol on the toilet? I don't know. But it smells, so you know I did something here, right? So, so, so the type of service that, that, that Paul's drawing us to, the, the, the type that kind of walks in the wake of Jesus, is born from a position that looks to the interests of others. Now, he's not saying don't look, don't, don't ignore your own interests, is he? He just says specifically don't only look toward your own interests. Don't, don't look at each relationship as a, how can I get something out of this? How does this benefit me? No, because that's not the gospel. The gospel is always this, this pouring out. As, as Jesus models his sacrifice for us, and he says, I'm pouring myself out for you. I'm laying myself down for you. That we say, how, do, how does that come into play in every single relationship I have? Because the ultimate goal isn't so that they get to the end of their, my life and say, man, that guy was awesome. It's so that as they interact with me, they say, God is good. So this is the type of service that, that Paul is, is talking about. And there's this, there's this moment in Matthew chapter 6 uh, where Jesus is, is teaching the Sermon on the Mount and he kind of exposes this desire for, for transactional service. And he, he says this, he says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. So you can practice your righteousness in front of other people. But don't do it just so that you could be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. 
Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And now, now here's the thing. We try to model this frequently here at Merge. One of the best ways we do that is through our community tithe. So, so the number of times that we haven't, we don't, we don't toot our own horn and we don't blare the trumpet, we don't send out an email when, when someone from our community says, hey, I just need a little bit of help because life is hard. I just need some help with my electric bill. The number of times that you guys have helped pay for people's electricity makes me so proud. But we don't, we try to follow this model of like, hey guys, we did something good again. Let's get on Facebook so we can say, hey, we did something good again. We give to God because the, it's a response of our love for him. And then what we find is when we do that purely, God notices and he rewards that. Now the reward isn't the motivation. It's just a byproduct of us saying, we love you, we thank you, and we cheerfully serve people. So, so, so when we are motivated for the praise and the reward of man, God is very honest. And I, I love his honesty. He just says, hey man, when they pat you on the back, I hope it's a good one. Because that's, that's the extent of it. That's the extent. So, so imagine, imagine what the world would look like. Okay, and I, I seriously mean this. Imagine what the world would look like if the people of God truly lived out this command. Don't look only to your own interest, but to the interest of, of others. If, they, if we truly desired to put the interest of others even before our very own, imagine the power struggles that could be snuffed out. Imagine uh, the joy that could be experienced. And this starts, this starts with us realizing this is not a suggestion for an experiment, but this has been a model that's been laid out before us. And that's where it draws us into verses 5 through 8. It says, Have this in mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even death on a cross. So our fourth thought about service is that, that Jesus models service so that we can know the depths. So we can know just how deep service can take us. I think it's, it's the posture of the bent knee. So, so John 13 opens and Jesus is with his disciples and they're having their last supper and, and he, is, he knows, John tells us, that, that Jesus knows that his time has come. His hour has come. And it says that, that he is he's going to show the full extent. It says that, that the hour had come and having loved his own, he loved them to the end. And then the NIV used to put it this way. It says that, that he showed his love to the fullest extent. And what he does next is he stands up, he wraps a towel around his waist, and he bends his knee, and he washes the feet of his disciples. 
Every one of them. Every single one of them. And what it does is, in hindsight, uh, what, what came next and what came in the following hours was the cross. And, and then that leads us to the resurrection. And, and it makes this, this service appear so much smaller than, than it could be, but it shouldn't. Because, because it gives us a model that we can follow. Because it says that, that if Jesus is willing to bend his knee in service of others, then, then what does it say about us when we say, I'm too busy? I don't want to. They're not nice enough. They don't fit into my mold. So, so the odds are, okay, you, you will not have to lie to lay your life down for your brother, right? The odds of that are relatively small when you look at percentages. You will, you will never be able to lay your life down to cover the sins of your brother uh, the way that Jesus did. But these verses, that they're wooing us into a lifestyle of service by saying that Jesus has shown us what it looks like. Now, are, the question is, are we daring enough to follow in that wake? Are we daring enough to follow? Verse 9, uh, Philippians 2, Therefore, okay, so, so Jesus takes this form of a servant and says, Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue would confess that Christ is Lord for the glory of the Father. There, there will be one day where every single tongue in all of creation declares this important this important truth that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father every tongue will confess it so so what we find is verse uh, number 5 is that God sees our service and he responds now, we've got to be careful here because verses 9 and 11 are for Jesus they're not for you Right? So you open in the door for somebody today at Walmart, right? You're like, oh, I guess God's going to bestow upon me the name above every name. No. That's for Him alone. That's a distinction that is His, and, and we don't compete with it because you can't. But, God sees our service, and it says He rewards that. Just like when, as a, as a parent, when you see your kid do something that, that is good, right? You reward that. You acknowledge it. You celebrate it. And really, the reason why you reward it and you acknowledge it and you celebrate it is because you want that to be more about the pattern of their life, right? The habit. You want, you, we give our kids good, good uh, money for good grades because we want them to make good grades, and eventually what we hope is that that motivation would steer them in that direction and they would understand what health looks like. This is what God does. And so, so we don't get the name above every name and we don't get the every knee will bow, but we, if you just go back to Matthew 6 and note that God does respond to service when it is attached as a pure response to his love and putting that into action. Into action. And so, so we can start wrapping this up, Swan. So, so, all of that to say this. We serve others because it's one of the best ways to put Jesus on display in our lives. 
So I do. You're like, well, what's my motivation? Well, it puts Jesus on display. If you are indeed found in Christ, the fact that you say, I am a Christian, I am Christ-like, should indicate a desire to put him on display. And so, so we serve because service is God's love that's in action. Okay, so, so let's, let's get very practical, okay? And I don't, I don't have an acronym for you, I'm sorry. Um, I guess OOM could be an acronym, but, but it really doesn't work. It sounds silly, right? So, so we start with the Word, right? Because we start with the Bible, because it's the foundation. It shows us um, the way to live. So we spent time in Philippians 2. And so we move from word to prayer. And this is what um, we're going to do because it centers our hearts in the response of service. And then I'm going to give you three prayers to ask God. And it's a progression. Okay? Now, now the way he's going to answer this might be different for a lot of us. But we're going to start with this question with you and God. God, open my eyes. Open my eyes. Paul will pray throughout the New Testament to these churches. He's like, you know, in one of them, I think it's Ephesians, he says, he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart would be opened, that you would see God's immense love for you. So we, we start this question when it comes to service, and we say, God, open my eyes, because we, we shouldn't have to serve in the dark. Right? And now here's what I know. If you truly ask that question, he will answer that question. Because there are people and opportunities and places of service that God is laying out before you. And so we ask this. We say, God, open my eyes and let me see. Because our comfort, I swear to you, our comfort will want us to remain blind to needs. It will. Our, our comfort will want to cover our ears to say, well, if I can't see it and I can't hear it, then I don't have to do it. Am I, am I painting any of us here? No, just me. Gotcha. Okay, you, me and Heather. All right? We are just the worst. Right? So we say, God, open my eyes that I may see. You don't have to look hard because he'll bring it. And then secondly, you ask, God, open my heart. God, open my heart. Because the heart steers us. What we spend our time filling our hearts with have a way of, of moving us in, in many different directions. So God, you have let me see what I need to do, but God, move me in my heart so that I would have a passion for service. God, move me so that I would be able to not just see it, but partner with you in meeting the needs of others. And then lastly, that takes us, so open our eyes, open our heart, and then lastly, move me in your love. Because that attaches us to purpose, right? Right? that attaches us to the strength and the beauty of the gospel of Jesus. If God is love, then everything we do should be done covered in love. Now, sometimes that's hard because people are like, man, that doesn't, 
that hurts me or that makes me feel uncomfortable or I don't like what you just did or I don't like what you just said. But if it's covered in love, it's for the best. So we would ask God, open my eyes, and then you would ask Him to open my heart and then move me in your love. And I think what that does is it keeps us from taking the credit for what we're doing. Right? I don't get to take ownership on on what God has first shown me to do and then empowered me to do and then let me walk in the wake of it. I don't get to take, I don't get to own that. Because the glory does not belong to us. It belongs to Him alone. So, so, okay. So this, this type of service, I'm sorry, I just went through puberty there. Um, this, this type of service doesn't look for a sign-up sheet. You with? This, this type of service doesn't say, well, when I, you know, the next time, or... It doesn't. It says, God, open my eyes today. God, open my heart today. God, move me in the direction of your love today. And then it says this. It helps us as a body. When we talk about how does that service apply to the church, it says, let us spur on one another in love and good deeds. It's you pursuing the heart of the Father in service and then me noticing, saying, man, I want in on that. It's so easy. It's so easy. And I'm, I'm, okay, I'm back on my soapbox just for a second. It is so easy in our Americanized church culture to consume. Like, like some of you are, have been here for a couple of weeks or a couple of months and, and you're still kind of like, ah, where am I at? What am I doing? What am I doing? What do they do for me? And that's it's a dangerous and selfish approach. And I say that in love. I really do. That we pour our lives out for the glory of God and as we do that, others benefit because they see the love of God in our actions. So again, this isn't merge, serve merge Sunday. We don't have sign-up sheets. If you want to get involved inside what we're doing, come find me. We'll get you involved. Plenty of places. And if you say, well, I want to get involved out there, then do it. Go with God. And anything we can do, anything we can do to walk alongside you, let us know. We want to do it. So we're not talking sign-up sheet. We're talking about a heart that says, God, you are good. And then he simply wants to live out from that. Our desire this week is to love God. Bye. Let me pray for us. If you need prayer today, we want to pray with you. There'll be some people on uh, my left, your right. If you've never asked Jesus into your heart, let us, let us talk to you about the good news of God's love. Let me pray. I love you guys. Let me pray. Father, we thank you that you care for us as a perfect father should. 
We adore you because there is no greater one worthy of praise. Father, we we acknowledge that, that the chief end of ourselves is to love you and to enjoy you forever. And I pray that, that that would be our one true desire. Then we pray that that would spill out from the fruits of our lives and the movement of our lives. Father, help us be people of service as we try to walk in the wake of Jesus. We love you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Stains we close out. And our affection, our devotion, poured out on the feet of Jesus. Our affection, our devotion, poured out on the feet of Jesus. Our affection. Our devotion poured out on the feet of Jesus. Our affection, our devotion poured out on the feet of Jesus. We love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the You are, oh Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the one our hearts adore. Our hearts adore. Our hearts adore. Have a blessed week. You're dismissed.